0: Welcome to Step Into the Story, incredible conversations of how the Bible changes lives, changes families, and changes communities across the globe. And here's your host, Phil Tuttle of Walk Through the Bible.
1: Welcome to Step Into the Story. Every time we get together, we meet with a special guest and we explore the intersection of their story and God's story. And, you know, this has just been, we've been doing this a little more than a year now, and just to meet people from all different professions, some well-known, some um, folks known only to their families, but each one of them with a story of how God's Word has impacted their life. Sometimes it's during just a time of crisis that, that God showed up, sometimes it's the arc of their whole life. And today, I'm so excited to welcome Step Into the Story guest, Mac Powell. Mac, welcome to our podcast today.
2: Hey, pleasure being here with you guys. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Well, Mac Powell, um, for many of you, is a familiar name. For others of you, you'll go, oh, that's who that guy is. And some of you will get to meet Mac for the first time today. Um, Mac, you have done just about everything there is to do in in the music industry, a singer, songwriter, but also a producer, um, a lot of, lot of success. Um, is four Grammys the current total, or did I, did, did I miss one? And, and more Dove Awards than can fit on one person's shelf. I don't know where that's at, it's up over, over 20, I know. Um, Seeing so, you know, a, lot, a lot of success, but uh, today, I mean, we'll sure talk a good bit about that, but I really want to get behind that to the, to the person behind the music and the, and the story ultimately behind that. I see you're wearing an Atlanta Braves hat um, Man, or is yes. that an Alabama uh, hat? You know, it, no, it,
2: well, it's, I'm a Alabama fan, but this is actually the Atlanta. Yeah.
1: Wave. Yeah. I thought, I thought I recognized that. Um, so you do have links to um, both Georgia and Alabama. Let's go, let's go way back um, to the beginning and, and unfold your life from there. And um, again, a lot of people know you, especially through um, Third Day, um, which was your, your band for so many years. And I, I want to throw that out there for those who are Googling and going, why do I know that name? Why do I know that name? Let me put you out of your misery. Um, but, but let's take the story back. Um, born in
2: 1972. Are you a Christmas baby? I am a Christmas baby, December twenty fifth, nineteen seventy two. So, um, what what has that been like?
1: My wife's birthday is December twenty third, but to actually be on Christmas, um, how's well, how that worked for yeah, you?
2: I tell people it's both a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because you know it's a holiday that everyone around the world celebrates. When I tell people my birthday is on Christmas Day, they're usually not going to forget, so people will remember my birthday. The bad news is, and I tell this to people often, if you were able to pick your birthday, you would not ever. And if you want to share a birthday with somebody, don't share it with Jesus. Yeah. Right. You kind of get overlooked (laughs) quite a bit on that day, which that's fine. If you're going to get be overlooked, uh, for someone else, it would be Jesus. But, um, you know, it's, it's something special, but at the same time, as, especially as a kid, it is not a great time uh, i I think I've only had maybe three or four birthday parties my whole life. When I was a kid, I didn't have like the cool GI Joe cake or whatever. <laughs> it was like a Christmas tree or a snowman cake. Uh, you know, everybody's out of school and spread out. So you can't really have a, a birthday party. Everybody's gone. Um, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things that there's some good that comes with it, but, uh that mostly out there, I would not wish it upon anybody. So you
1: are not narcissistic enough to believe that the whole neighborhood and the town decorated for your birthday. You, you knew that was kind of not about you from early on. No,
2: I was (laughs) was always reminded. I grew up in church, so I was always reminded, you know, it's, it's peace on earth and goodwill toward men and angels, you know, in the highest singing and praising God. And it's, Oh yeah. Also happy birthday, Mac. Uh,
1: So, so growing up, um, Clanton, Alabama. Tell tell us about um, your family growing up. What what was it like?
2: Yeah. Well, my I was born in Montgomery, uh, Alabama, which is the capital of Alabama. Um, growing up, my first few years, my dad was in the army, so we moved around a lot. So there were a lot of places that I lived. We even lived overseas for a little while. Um, when my dad got got out of the army, I started uh, school. I was in the I think first grade. Once we settled down back into Alabama and I went through uh, lived in in this little town called Clanton that's where my dad grew up had a great family uh, one sibling and grew up going to church Um, I always loved music both my parents play guitar and um, and sing and so I was around music a lot whether it be at home with just my parents playing music around the house or being at church singing in the choir growing up singing in the choir or even at school, I was uh, later on in my high school years, I was in marching band and in chorus and ever, tried to be in musicals and things like that. So it was always around music, always around church. Even though growing up in church, I went to this little small Baptist church and was never really discipled much in my life. It was I gave my life to Jesus at a very early age but, um, you know, didn't really grow in my faith until i would be towards the end of my senior year of high school.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm um, marching band. I'm thinking that not likely guitar or keyboards. Um, what what did you play?
2: I played trumpet. Did and, you really? Uh, yeah, I played trumpet and I was, I don't want to brag. I don't want to boast and brag, but I was drum major my senior year. So
1: Whoa. Um, yeah,
2: that was my, that was my proud shining moment of life.
1: <laughs> so. So you mentioned um, a big change in your life later on, though, though meeting Jesus as savior early, um, you can't hang around your, your Wikipedia page or your story very long um, without, without hearing the date, 1991. Um, what, what happened in 1991?
2: Well, I was a senior in high school we had uh, moved, my dad got transferred with his job. We had moved to Atlanta, the Atlanta area, Marietta, Georgia, a little bit Northwest of Atlanta um, when I was a sophomore in high school. And uh, going uh, from one high school to another, we kind of moved quite a bit and I went to three high schools in four years. And through those years, I still continued to go to church. Mama dragged me to church. In fact, that's a line, one of the lines in, in my new Uh, On my new record, from a a song called "Love Is the Reason," the very first line is "Mama dragged us to church every Sunday."
1: Uh, I love that song. We're going to talk about that one later. Love that song.
2: That's my favorite, I think, from the album. But there's a little bit of uh, a lot of autobiographical, uh, you know, story in that song. And but I just, as I said earlier, I just didn't really grow in my faith. I, I heard the gospel, believed it made a profession of faith, asked Jesus to come into my life and to save me from my sins. I knew that was the only way to heaven, the only way for eternal life. Uh, And yet I just remained what I called a baby Christian for a long time. Finally, my senior year uh, of of school, about a month before I was to graduate, I was at a place of just brokenness and fear and not knowing what life was going to be like. And so I... I really started praying, not for the first time. I'd always prayed my whole life, but really digging deep into prayer going, God, I need some direction. Mm. And I remember someone had said, you should one day read the book of Romans. And I never really read the Bible. I would look at Bible verses, you know, when I went to Sunday school and I would hear, of course, verses preached to me on Sunday morning or at a youth event. But I'd never really dug into the Bible. It was almost like a whole nother, like, I'm not I can't do that. I'm not good enough to do that or strong enough right. to do that. Or or can't understand it. And so I started I remember someone said, read the book of Romans. I opened up my Bible, dusted it off, looked in the uh, you know, the beginning or the concordance or the index, whatever you call it, to go, where's Romans? I have no idea where that is. Oh, that's in the New Testament. So I turned to Romans and started reading and God's Holy Spirit just opened up my heart and helped me to understand really the full truth of the gospel, the full truth of God's grace and mercy. And I remember sitting there on my bed by myself, reading the book of Romans, really, as I said, for the first time, picking up the Bible on my own and trying to study it and trying to get some answers and try, trying to find some truth. And uh sort of like Saul to Paul, those those blinders that were on my eyes just fell off mm. and and I could understand more of that fullness of the gospel.
1: That That is so, so cool. Um, you know, that's the ministry I lead, Walk Through the Bible. Um, you, you just articulated exactly why we exist. It's to take away people's fear and confusion, to give them access to the book, but, but also to to try to create, to light a passion in people because, you know, a number one bestseller of all time, um, especially here in, in our country, I don't know what the average number of Bibles per household is. Um, but yet for so many people, it, if it's a part of their life at all, it's something we get secondhand on Sunday for a couple of hours. And, right. yeah. you know, the, the connection that God brought you into um, changed everything.
2: I feel like there was a day when people, you know, hundreds of years ago, when people didn't have access to the scriptures the way that we do. And one, I I think the Bibles weren't, you know, as as plentiful as they are today, but two, a lot of people couldn't read. And so a lot of people got their faith from hearing someone preach or from, from other ways. What a gift that God has given us that, to be able to have full access to the scripture, not only that full access to whether you're getting online or other books to have other people explain some things that maybe we don't know about the scriptures and about translations. And I think we as, as believers, we just don't, we don't have an excuse anymore. We yeah. don't have an excuse to dig deep into this gift that, that God has given us. Um, it's it's a source of peace. It's a source of wisdom, of guidance. And, uh, you know, the, the scripture has been very important to me from that day that I sat on my bed and opened up for the first time reading the book of Romans. Uh, from that day forward in my life, it has been a, a major part of my life and, and always will be.
1: Yeah. And we, you know, as Americans, we can get numb to the fact that there's still several thousand languages with not a single word of scripture in their heart language and uh, you know i mean people have died through the centuries that that we would have the scripture so accessible to us and and yet we maybe it's too easy maybe it's too comfortable so um wow thank you thank for you for sharing that part of your story um 1991 was Big year for you for another reason is, uh, you and Mark Lee, who, um, really anchored third day, um, for, for so many years, I think, were you two, the only two that were always part of third day and then other artists came and went, is that correct?
2: Yeah, we, we started the band. Uh, there was another guy who played a little bit with us, uh, who was a really an unofficial youth pastor at my church. Uh, named Billy Wilkins he was a a huge part of helping me to grow in my faith to dig deep in the word he would play keyboards with us not all the time but a a lot of the times that we would play Uh, but it was mostly Mark and I who started the band we had been in a couple of garage bands together rock bands in high school and when yeah wait a minute
1: wait a minute wait a minute nuclear hoedown
2: (laughs) was that really the name of one of those Yes, that was the name of one of the rock bands we were in, and I will say that was all Mark Lee. That was his decision. Uh-huh, that was his uh-huh. day. he came up with that. I came up with the name Third Day. So I think I oh, win. There you go. I'll be, uh, picking I, names. Going I think
1: you thing. won. But Nuclear Hoedown. What a epic, epic, epic <laughs> name that one was. Wow. It is
2: copyrighted, So if anybody out there is listening, you can't steal the name from us. Okay. We're, good to I'm know. Kidding. Good to you know. Can you can have it.
1: So, but. Tell me about the establishment of Third
2: Day, Um, besides picking the name. Yeah, Mark Mark and I went to high school together, um, McEachern High School in in West Marietta. And we were in marching band together. I told you earlier I was in marching band. And I remember after I'd come back to school, I'd always wanted to be in a band my whole life. And now finally I was. Mark had asked me to sing in this band he was playing in in high school. I was so excited. And then after I'd given my life completely to the Lord, uh, I was going to quit the band. I felt like the Lord was saying, and you need to give this up. This is an idol in your life. And and you've, I felt like the Lord said, you fully have given me everything and I want you to quit this band. And I'm like, Lord, I've always wanted to do this thing. I always wanted to be in, in a band my whole life. And now finally I'm here and you're asking me to give it up. Um, and yet I was, I was distraught by that. I was saddened by it, but at the same time, so in love with Jesus and wanting to surrender everything I did. So I went to Mark and said, hey, I'm going to quit the band. And he said, why? And I told him, well, I'm giving my life to Jesus. And I want to, you know, I've been hanging out in places I don't need to hang out. I've been singing about things I don't need to sing about. And I want to fully dedicate my life to him. And he said, well, why don't we start a Christian band? And I said, cool, what's that? I had no idea. I didn't know anything about music only thing I knew was, you know, Bill Gaither, singing some Bill Gaither stuff growing up in you, church. You couldn't
1: see that happening so
2: for you? No. I mean, <laughs> I, it was fine. It was great. But it was just, you know, not necessarily the kind of music that I listened to or I, that I thought I would make. And um, so we started listening to Christian music, and I was just shocked at how much great music was out there with great theology and people that love the Lord and love the church. And and so I just—what a gift it was from the Lord to— allow me to be able to be part of something like that, not only then, but and continuing to that to today.
1: Mm. I mean, the music of Third Day has been a huge part of the soundtrack of my walk with God. Um, We moved to Atlanta uh, in 92. I'd pastored in Illinois um, for about seven years. We moved here to serve with Walk Through the Bible. And, you know, I mean, Third Day didn't instantly take off and get on the radio, but as especially as it became more, more and more popular. I mean, I mean, some of the, some of the songs, God of Wonders, Revelation, um, I I wrote down a few of the, I believe, you know, was, uh, was big in my life. Um, so thank you so much for that, you know, for a third day to, to be together from 91 until I guess your farewell tour in what 2017,
2: and then uh, uh, officially yeah, June, the summer of uh, 2018. 2018. Yeah, Mark and I. I was telling you earlier. Mark and I started the band right out of high school, and then about a year later, uh, we had met David uh, Carr, our drummer, and Ty Anderson, our bass player. They had played and played in some bands together, and we had met them at a uh, event that the third day was playing at. They were playing in a band with their youth pastor. And we saw them and said, "Man, we would—we've been looking for a drummer and a bass player. We would love to talk to those guys." So their youth pastor invited us to play at their uh, Wednesday night uh, service, and we asked David and Ty to play with us. And from then on, you know, the band went from then from '92 to goodness, well, as we said, 2018, and so many, many great years and great memories and and blessings that the Lord gave us and. Uh, being able to be part of s- encouraging so many people uh, was a huge encouragement to us in our walk.
1: Mm. So y- you know we we have a dog named Chipper who's like eight years old, but really you know they say dog years it's one per seven. And yeah. I don't know what the mathematic equation is for band years, but but to have a run that's over twenty five years is so unusual what do you think some of the keys were um to the to the longevity i mean there's the external yeah. part of you have to still be creating music that people respond to and the, yeah. their style shifts through the years i mean not so much that but the internal how in the world did you have that long a run
2: well it's it's a great question um i have some answers i don't know if i'll ever know the full answer to it but one of those is that we loved each other. We really did. We were great friends. We we loved each other. We we had each other's backs. We really wanted the best for each other uh, as we were pursuing the success of this band. But ultimately, it really, really, it was like for us, the most important thing was to honor God with what we were doing. And so I, I tell people people often that if we had had a little bit of success, maybe one one Grammy and a few doves and had a couple of number one songs on the radio, I think, honestly, we probably would have had a lot more pride then because we would have mm. thought, I look at this great thing that we've built up. But because it went so far beyond anything any of us could ever dream, we knew, okay, this is not us doing this. This is the Lord's hand on us and anointing that He's given us, uh, this special gift that He's allowed us to be able to share with so many other people I think there's a, you know, we loved each other. We loved the Lord. We wanted people to be encouraged in their faith. Um, and to be honest with you, this is probably not the Christian answer that you're looking for. But I, I think even though we were, as, as you said, it took a while for people to know who we were. I, I joke often and say that we were a five-year overnight success. Yeah, right. I think because we were growing the whole time, not only as a band, but as men of faith. Um, and we had success, and we saw success was coming. Um, success breeds success, and so I think because we were doing well, that helped us. It, it, there were many years of struggling financially and trying to figure out how to go to school and support our families and things like that. But because we saw that the Lord was doing something, once we started getting success, that helped us to keep doing it. I don't know if once I started having children, if I'd been still, still making the same amount of money the first year as the fifth right. or sixth year or seventh year, we probably wouldn't have been able to do that. So the Lord giving us success, um, you know, in terms of business and, and finances allowed us to keep doing it. But that's, that's kind of secondary uh, after just really having hearts to, to want to continue to grow ourselves in our faith and to have other people do that as well and be encouraged in their faith.
1: Hmm. So I, I read a book a couple of years ago, Necessary Endings at one point, you know you did say it's time um what what drove that decision
2: well i think there were a lot of things that drove that decision you know there are several friends that, that we had that would look at us making that decision and fans i'm sure too and we were still doing really well still being successful and still enjoying doing this um and yet, I don't know, I think there's little things, Dif- different people have different things they want to do, uh, things we want to accomplish uh, as individuals and as, with our own families. And so I think a lot of that put together made us go, okay, it's, it's time. And we know this isn't something we can do forever. And so people often ask me, they said, at what point did you start asking, okay, is third day over with? And I tell people I started asking that question probably two weeks after we were together. Right. I think I was always my whole career with Third Day going, "Is this what we're supposed to be doing?" And I think that's a good question for us as believers to be asking. You know, even with success, doesn't always success is not always an indicator that God is in control of of the situation. Yes, that's right. And so I think it was good for us, for myself and for the other guys to always be asking, hey, how long should we be doing this? Are, are we still doing what we started out wanting to do? What what seasons have changed and what's what's continued? And so it's it's good as a believer to ask those questions always.
0: Mm. Want to read through the Bible in one year with us? The Daily Walk Bible is designed to guide you through your daily reading of Scripture, taking you from Genesis to Revelation in the span of one year. Each day's reading includes several chapters of Scripture, an overview to give you a bird's eye view of the day's reading, an insight offering an interesting fact from the day's reading, and My Daily Walk, a short devotion to help you reflect on and apply a specific insight from the day's reading. Every seventh day offers a pause on the journey as you are invited to look back over the readings from the previous week, look up to God, and look ahead to the reading to come. This is the Bible reading plan that will get you through Leviticus. To find out more about the Daily Walk Bible and our other Daily Walk resources, go to walkthrough.org dailywalk. That's W-A-L-K thru.org daily walk read through the bible with us in 2022
1: so i mean eventually there was the final concert i mean i i can't imagine what that had to be like you know mm-hmm. and as you get to the end of your last set and look at each other i mean you remember some of the emotions you were feeling
2: that night yeah, honestly for me there was a lot of relief there yeah. was uh, it had been even though we had ended in in 2018 it actually was a number of years before we could get to that point we had some financial obligations and contractual obligations and things that we wanted to do personally as well to finish well you know to finish that race and to run it well um and so uh, most people don't know that that's not just a decision you can make and then two weeks later you're done. It's, it took us years to, to be able to, as we called it, land the plane. Mm-hmm. And so when we went to do the farewell tour, um, it wasn't an easy tour to do on, on a lot of different levels. And it wasn't the fun tour that we would want and that it wasn't exactly like we had done in the past where we, our brothers, we would get on the bus we have a great time hanging out together, having conversations, making music together, and then boom, we're home. It was There was a lot of travel, a lot of getting up early in the morning, flying from one place to the other, West Coast to East Coast, back and forth. And so it was a hard tour because we had such a small amount of time to accomplish that tour. And yet, I'm even though it was fun, there were fun moments, and I'm overall very, very glad that we did it. But stepping off that stage, I had no idea because I had such a relief that, okay, now it's over. I didn't know I was going to have the emotions that I did. I just, I lost it. I started crying. I was tearing up now thinking about it. Uh, There's a live DVD that we made uh, from Red Rocks in Colorado where we did our first, our last show. And you just see me backstage crying. And I didn't expect that to be honest with you because there was relief, but there's also this flood of emotions of, of twenty-something years of being able to um, do what we did and and uh, have the success that we had and and reach so many people and and us, you know, have our own hearts uh, be encouraged at the same time. It was it was a beautiful moment.
1: Mm. So you were far from done with music, though, and for a couple of years um, focused. More on country. I mean, you still sound country. You you, <laughs> you are country, but but you know specifically not necessarily you know producing um, music that was labeled yeah. as Christian. Yeah, you know, one of one of the things that happens is everybody's all too eager, especially in this day of social media, and I mean you can you can be an expert in anything if you just post about it with enough exclamation marks. And, um, you know, people were very eager and willing to explain what was going on in your life. Oh, he's, he's disillusioned. Oh, the, the success and the corruption of the industry finally he couldn't deal with anymore. Maybe he's lost his faith. Um, you know, um, these are, it's he's going prodigal on us. He's going to go wander in the wilderness. I hope it's not 40 years. Um, yeah. I, What? Tell your own story. What, yeah. what, what was driving that?
2: That's a great question. Well, I grew up uh, listening to lots of kinds of music and country music, of course, growing up in Alabama and even in Georgia, there's always going to be country music there. Uh, I was a big fan of lots of these classic country voices from the 80s. And even before that, Johnny well, Cash, you and
1: Amy have a have a child named Cash. So that's, right. that's, name is Johnny Cash that's more Kyle. than a 401k account. I mean, that's, that's a-
2: right. That shows you how much a fan I am. And so uh, and there were also like Kenny Rogers and Ronnie Millsap and all these great singers from the 80s. And through the years, people would say, man, you have a, a really good have you ever thought about doing country music? And I said, well, I'm kind of busy with my day job right now. And so towards the end of the our last two or three years of Third Day, whenever we would have a break, I would go uh, go do some country music, get together with some good friends, and most of them were actually worship leaders at churches. and We'd get together and make some music that we loved and try to make some country music that was still, you know, it wasn't necessarily Christian music, but it was encouraging to people and talked about family and faith, and um, but just didn't really focus on Jesus necessarily. And so we would go out and once the band was over, I had a chance to do some more of that. And I, I was very, I had no expectations. I didn't, I didn't at all think I was going to be some big country star or anything like that. I just had this love for the music that I wanted to, to play. And so had a great chance to be able to do that for a couple of years. Uh, went on some tours with some great artists and got some country, you know, stations playing my songs. And so it was really encouraging. I look at that time as a, a gift from the Lord to be able to, you know, follow uh, this dream that I had for a while and, but always knew I would come back to Christian music. I knew that's where I feel comfortable and that's what, what I've known for 20 something years. And once I started getting some ideas for a, for a new album, uh, I was excited to start recording those songs and, and finding out if, uh, if anybody wanted to hear them.
1: Mm, And indeed we do just (laughs) clear that up. Let me take a, so
2: (laughs) um,
1: so, so new album called new creation again, um, I, I, I have a friend who I told I was going to be interviewing you and, and he goes, is he, is he back? Is he okay with God again? And, and I'm like, (laughs) I mean, again, the, yeah, maybe people don't say it to your face, but why people feel the need to explain what God is doing in other people's lives. Like we have some kind of insight. Um, yeah. I mean, was there, a? I I mean, you, you said all along you knew you would always come back there. Um,
2: it sounds like, yeah, there was definitely a little bit of criticism, but I think overall, for the most part, people know me, they know my heart. They knew that this was something I always loved and and just wanted to go try and, and have a season of doing that. Um, It is interesting assumptions that people have. Um, I think that's just fear on their part, um, which is understandable. Um, But um, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful to really, I tell people all the time, this, and especially in this past year with, with COVID and with, you know, just the whole world kind of being crazy right now, maybe crazier than it's ever been. I don't know. I also I'm under the theory that nothing really changes ever, but it's an interesting season that we're in. Mm. And, um, I'm, I'm very thankful. I'm so thankful to be able to, uh, you know, still have my family and still have a voice and to be able to make music that hopefully people like, and that they can sing along to and, 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 Tap their toes to and nod their head, but at the same time, hopefully, touches their heart as well. And it's a uh, it's a very, it's a great gift that the Lord's uh, allow me to have.
1: Mm-hmm. So, the music for for the new album, New Creation, yeah. um, the process really different than. Right. Yeah. I mean, what's you've done this much more collaboratively? Collaboratively, too many syllables in that word. Wow. Um, but more people having input. Um, very different process than you writing on your own. Um, for those of us who've never experienced like that, like I cannot imagine personally constructing a sermon by committee. Okay. You know, I mean, (laughs) I mean, I may essentially write it and and go, um, Hey, give me some input on this, or I need an illustration of this, or does this, does this, is this winsome or is this offensive the way I said it? But, but not going, okay, here we are. Let's create a song. How in the world does that work?
2: Yeah. I I never really understood that until recently. I, with us in the band, we shared the, all the songwriting together. So if someone, if I wrote a song, even if I wrote the whole thing, we all split it. Or if somebody, if Mark wrote a song, we all kind of share because we, we've set that up early in the the beginning because we knew we all had sacrificed the same, um, as far as time and things we were giving up to try to be successful in this band we felt like you know we we all deserve a part of it so we set it up that way and because of that we had never really written that much outside of the band we weren't one of those bands that went to nashville to get together with all the big songwriters and trying to you know pitch the record labels to, to get send us your best songs and we want to you know, let's record the best thing we can find. We were never one of those bands. We just kind of did our own thing, especially I think being in Atlanta and not Nashville, you, you almost have this little bit of a chip on your shoulder. You feel like in, in some ways you don't belong with the establishment. Mm-hmm. And so, but there's, there's some good to that as well. I think you really fight hard, harder uh, to try to do your own thing. And so when it came time for me to make a solo record, I had some ideas Um, my manager said, Hey, why don't you come up to Nashville? I'll set up some writing appointments with you. I'm like, man, that's, I don't really do that. I kind of just do my own thing. Um, but to, you know, because of his encouragement, I said, all right, I'll try it. So I went up to Nashville and the very first time I went up there, I just fell in love with the process. As you said, I'm, I'm a very, I love collaboration. I love, I love going on tours with a lot of different artists. I love being able to kind of be surrounded by like-minded people um, who have the same mindset and the same um, desire and and dreams and goals and hopes and faith. And so when I got together with the, the first two guys in Nashville, they really, their names were Jeff Pardo and Hank Bentley. And we ended up writing probably three quarters of the, or at least half of the record together. And thanks to them, that gave me, the desire okay let me try it again with some other people and and most of the time i really enjoyed the experience and it was very different for me and and it did it it i think it it allows it to be a solo record and this from the heart but at the same time have some other people help me to make this piece of art i was really thankful and it's different also in the recording process so in the past third day was a band we get in our studio we hit record you know the lights turn in red and we're all going to play and and we'll go through it three or four times and we'll fix some things that need to be fixed. But overall, that's a band together in the room, the old school, old school way of doing it. And it was very different. With this process, we're recording almost as we're writing the song. And so by the end of the day, when you're first writing the song, you have about 80 to 85% of the song recorded. And you go, well, we'll just bring in a real drummer and a real bass player and do some background vocals and I'll re-sing the lead vocal. And then boom, there it is all of a sudden. So not once did I go into like a normal studio with musicians. It was all kind of put together step by step along the way. It was very different. I don't know if I'll do it that way again, but, uh, but it was, I liked the experience a lot and, and enjoyed the process.
1: And some of that worked very well just in the season of COVID. I mean, just from a, just from a practical reason, you know, you laying down the, Um, you know, some of the solo tracks on your own and then saying, now let's plus this up. That's, that's just, man, that's so far out of my skill set that if I could like shadow you someday and watch, you know, of all the attributes of God, the first one he revealed to us was his creativity. It's Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And um, when I am exposed to creative people, I just kind of it, it, it's like, it's like you're, you're serving as a midwife with God to birth something fresh. And I, I just think that's as cool as it
2: gets. Yeah, It's an honor. It really is. You know, it's, it's interesting that you talk about God being creative, a creative God. And I, I thank him when I have my prayer times in the morning, that that's one of the things that I thank him for, you know, my, our, my initial time in prayer is always to give him glory and honor and, remind, you know, he doesn't need reminding, but reminding me as I'm saying it, his attributes, his goodness, his kindness. So often I try to pray, I try to walk when it's not too cold outside, I walk and pray. And I see God's, the things, his creation. Uh, you know, and, and we were talking about Romans earlier, how it says that in the first chapter, he's so evident in his creation and what he has made. We can understand a little bit more about God from his creativity, his creation. And I, I thank God for the, the, the colors, the sights. I mean, he is a very creative God. And so to be able to, not everybody has that gift. I mean, he blesses, just like my children, they're not all going to have the gifts that me or my wife, we're not going to pass on all those gifts to them, but we will some of them. And the Lord doesn't pass that on to a lot of his children, but for those of us that he does, it's it's a humbling thing to be able to, because you recognize it in your own self. You see mm-hmm the creativity and the, and the dreaming and the wanting to make something and put something together. And, and that helps you to understand and see God's creativity even more. Mm, that's so cool.
1: Um, Donna Pennell, who, who produces the, this podcast, um, with me, you know, when we were talking beforehand and I, I just kind of said something about, you know, what do you think of when you think of third day? And It was really, her words were very interesting. She she says, they sing scripture. Oh, yeah. They sing scripture. And-
2: yeah. That's an important part uh, to me. I, I've said often, I've joked in, in in concert many times that when I get to heaven, I owe King David a lot of royalty money because, <laughs> because I've stolen from him and, the, and then the other psalmist and you know so many verses and thoughts from the scriptures. I mean, to me, that's really, if you're going to make Christian music, there's really not a better source. Then it goes straight to the word, and I was able to, you know, through the years of have written a lot of scripture songs. I was able to be part of a worship, a couple of worship projects called Glory Revealed, a few years back, and we want to make another one soon, where we, in those projects, we we straight up were making uh, songs straight out of scripture, um, and whether it be a verse or a chorus or a bridge, there was at least one verse in every song that when someone learned the words to that song, they're learning scripture. Mm,
1: I look forward to that. Tell you what, Um, just a couple more, couple more questions as we get ready to your words, land the plane. Uh, Favorite, favorite song on on the new album. I read someplace you said love is the reason. And I've, I've talked to artists before that, that dodge that question, favorite song They'll You know, they'll go the one I'm, singing at the moment. And while I, while I respect that, I mean, um, that, that song love is the reason, um, you know, kind of, kind of three verses where each verse asking a different question of a different person. Yeah. Um, but the common answer, you know, is love is the reason talk, talk us through the three different people who address that question. It, it, the first one, I was kind of going, all right, yep, yep, yep. Sitting in church, hating it, bored to tears. Got it, got it, got it. And exactly. then the verse two is going to be, we start to fix that problem. It didn't go that way at all. It's yeah. it's three different people weighing in on that. Talk us through that, will
2: you? Yeah, it, you know, it's interesting. As a songwriter, I don't tell a lot of stories. I wish that I were more of like a Bruce Springsteen kind of songwriter. that tell. He tells a lot of stories, and I love that. Uh, I just don't do it very often myself. And so this was definitely a storytelling song. It's a bit, we talked about a little bit earlier. It's a bit autobiographical, not completely. Um, The first verse talks about growing up in church, mama dragging me to church and not wanting to go and kind of questioning her and saying, why do we do this? And the answer from my mother was love is the reason. And then, Mm. then you listen to the course that explains a little bit more. The second verse, um, is, is more of a storytelling. Um, it says, uh, it talks about my brother joining the military when he grows up. Uh, my, my brother joins the military where well, I don't have a brother. I have a sister and she didn't join the military.
1: Well, your dad was military and yeah, you military. grew up in that world. Yeah.
2: Right. right. So I kind of use that, you know, what I grew up in and it changed the story around a little bit, but also grabbing from stories of, of friends that I have, who's, who have, you know, brothers or sisters in the military. And so really asking the question once again, why do you do this? Why would you sacrifice, uh, you know, somewhat sacrifice your life in w- order to go serve your nation and other people? And the answer of course is love. Love is the reason. And then the third verse, I don't want to ruin the, you know, the surprise ending, but uh, it's it's more of a, a verse about faith and about what God's grace and mercy and what he's done for us. And of course God's answer to us is love is the reason because of his great Great love for us, and um, and so yeah, that's a that's a song that uh, who knows I don't know if it'll ever be a, a radio single or anything like that, but there's something special about that song. And that was the very first song when I took, said I went to Nashville to write with two guys. Um, that was the first song that that we wrote and finished together. So that was a good good encouragement to me to keep going.
1: I guess nah, that that song is special. I think that song is going to go big and. If it doesn't, I'm going to be deeply annoyed about that. Um, um, Mac, thank you. Thank you so much for um, really, truly opening up your life today. And um, I know this is going to be encouragement to a lot of people. And I can't wait to see what God has um, next for you in this season. If you need a part-time agent, I'm here for you. um, Because I've, I've always loved your music, but now to get to hear the heart behind it. Um, to, as we call this, this podcast, Step Into the Story. And the intersection of your story and God's story, uh, it, it explains it all. So thank you for being our guest today.
2: Pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us for the Step Into the Story podcast, powered by Walk Through the Bible. We'd love to hear what you think by giving us a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, don't miss a single episode by clicking the subscribe button. If you'd like more resources to help you explore and live God's Word in your daily life, visit walkthrough.org. That's W-A-L-K-T-H-R-U dot O-R-G. Walk through the Bible. Take a walk. Change the world.